Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of On Point with Bishop Robert G. Rudolph. And I'm your facilitator, Vincent T. Edwards, better known as Mr. Speaker. Today on On Point, the show that keeps you focused in the right direction, we're going to continue our study on profiles in courage. And today's uh, person we're going to look at is Esther, how was she a profile in courage? What did she do as a model for us today? How are you doing today, Bishop Rudolph? Man, if I was any better, I don't know what I would do. I am doing good today. How are you doing? (laughs) I am doing good. Just trying to catch up on everything on a magnificent Monday. Um, So it's truly a pleasure to be back here to learn from you and to glean some wisdom. So we're going to continue this discussion with people in the Bible who exemplified courage uh, in the midst of all the things that they were going through. We've talked about uh, David. We've talked about uh, Moses. But today you want to give us some insight about Esther, this Jew who married the king. Talk to us, Bishop. Yes, sir. This was very interesting when I did some study on Esther. And um, it's just interesting how everything occurred. And it definitely is a lesson as far as power, uh, being a power behind the throne is concerned. It, It really is. Uh, we all know the story of Esther. We know that the children of Israel from time to time, uh, they were in captivity. Uh, and, and in many instances, uh, the sad part is, is that when they were captured, it seems as if they didn't understand the lesson that should have been given to them. And so they were they were caught and, and, and they were in captivity. And then they would be they would have a moment of oppression and then they would have a moment of freedom and then it would go back to oppression and then it would go back to freedom, back and forth, back and forth. Well, in this particular time and in this particular uh, scripture, we find that Esther um, or, or the children of Israel, let me start there. The children of Israel, they were in captivity. And uh, during this time, uh, King Xerxes, he had some issues with, um, I guess he had some personality issues. If you read read throughout the book of Esther, you'll find that he really had some things going on with personality um, in his home. And he was very much so a do-as-I-say person. Uh, I need you to do what I want you to do and do it now. Well, he had a wife. It just so happens that he had a wife and him and his wife did not obviously didn't didn't have a good relationship as far as he was concerned. And so what he did was is he decided to get rid of his wife and he was going to have a beauty contest, um, which was the first beauty pageant in the Bible that I that I see. And he had this uh, beauty contest and whoever was the most beautiful woman, he was going to take her as his spouse. And again, he got rid of one wife and he wanted to um, marry someone else. Very interesting uh, situation here. But it just so happens, as God and as providence would have it, there was a beautiful, beautiful young lady by the name of Esther. And Esther was Jewish, but uh, she obviously did not have, she didn't, according to sources that I've read, according to historical documents that I've seen, she did not look um as if she had that that she was had Jewish features, so so called, uh, if you want to call it that. I, I hope I, I don't mean to sound stereotypical at all, uh, but a lot of the historical references mention the fact that she did not look as if she had those features. Um, 
and, and a matter of fact, I saw some areas where it looked as if she was, it, it seemed as if uh, she was probably uh, had more Oriental features than she did Jewish features, um, according to some of the historical documents that I have read and some of what some theologians have ascertained during that particular period of time. So she was in this beauty contest and uh, the king chose her and he made her his wife and he uh, got rid of the wife that he had some issues with. So, so that's he, where we start. So and so the king didn't know that she was a Jew. The king, he did not know. Um, he was not made aware of that. According to sources that I've seen, I've, I've read the biblical account. But according to other sources that I have seen and I have read, he was not he did not know that she was Jewish at all. And if if he had have known, what would have been the consequences there? I think that uh, she probably would not have been in the beauty contest in the first place. <laughs> she, um, because again, Jews were at, at that particular time and in that era, they were under oppression and they could not do anything, serve in any capacity other than being a slave. So basically, he married someone from the someone from the people that he had captured, and of course, that would have been a very serious violation of anything on Esther's part. It wasn't her fault, but once they found out that she was. Jewish, there would have been an issue, of course. So she was, uh, so he, uh, no, he, to answer your question, she, he did not know that she was Jewish. Had he known that, that would have been an issue. Believe you me, it would have been an issue. So, uh, the king, he, he got a new wife. And the interesting thing about this relationship is that it was not the traditional marriage. Because remember now, back in those days, in many cases, people, there were a lot of arranged marriages. Uh, people just didn't date, fall in love, get married when they wanted to. It was not that kind of dating situation that they have today. For the most part, if a person wanted a wife, they would go to the father and give a certain amount of dowry for uh, the, the person that they wanted to marry. Whether that individual was in love with you or not, um, the person who, the, the gentleman who, went after the maiden as far as having a relationship with her. He did not ask her anything. There was no dating involved per se. It was just, I'm going to her father or her uncle or her brother and offer a certain amount of money or dowry to be given to the family in exchange for her to be my wife. That was basically the situation there. And so uh, because a lot of people have asked me, they, they have said, well, Brother Rudolph, why would she, why would he connect with someone that he didn't know anything about? And in those days, in many instances, people got married just to be married. They did not, it, it wasn't a lot of love involved in it. Remember now, David uh, got married to his wife, Micah, as a prize because he killed Goliath. It wasn't because he dated Micah and he fell in love with her. Uh, it was because he was, um, uh, it, she was a prize yeah, because he it was victorious in battle. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So there was not a lot of love per se. I'm, I'm quite sure they maybe got to love each other after a period of time, maybe got to know each other better, but it wasn't in the traditional sense like today. Uh, so that was very interesting. I thought that whole concept was extremely interesting. But the fact that he had a beauty contest to determine who his wife was going to be, that was extremely uh, interesting. And so we, we move on to there. So he, he's got her as uh, his wife. So how does 
courage come into play because we have some other characters uh, that go on in this story her uncle and then a a gentleman who was really after the jews and was plotting to get rid of them and to destroy the people so how does esther enter into this whole thing as someone with courage well again um in this situation she was just his wife she was the queen she was his wife she really had no quote unquote power or authority. So basically, uh, she was in her area of the palace, I would assume, and he was in his area of the palace. And there was not a situation where they saw each other daily, which was very interesting again to me. Um, now, before she had an opportunity to go to the king, you know the story about uh, her um Uncle Mordecai, uh, he said, look, girl, basically, um, you were Jew. And if the king finds this out, the thing, the same things that they are doing to us out here, they will probably try to do the same thing to you. In other words, you are here at the kingdom for such a time as this to save your people. Don't get here and think that they are not going to find out that you are what you are a part of the Jewish uh, nation. And I'm quite certain that uh, Esther thought about that. And she began to pray and she told her uncle, hey, I'm going to pray. You all fast and pray uh, over there and I'm going to fast and pray here. And uh, I'm going to determine how God wants me to handle this situation. In the meantime, Haman wanted to kill Mordecai and he wanted to kill a lot of the Jewish male, uh, the, the males uh, among the Jewish race of people. And he wanted to continue to fight and to tear down uh, the Jews. So uh, it, it's just the whole thing is very, very interesting because Esther risked her life basically to persuade her husband, uh, King Xerxes, to stop the plans of Haman because Haman was trying to kill the Jews in their country. And uh, Esther basically was motivated by faith. Uh, she was motivated by courage. And she was was very, I, I think when her uncle said, look, the same thing can happen to you. Don't let this happen to us. You are in a position of prominence to help us, help us. And if you look at uh, Esther 4 and 16, I want to read it to you, just a brief portion of Esther 4 and 16. Uh, Esther told this to Mordecai. He said, she says, go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye from me and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my, and my maidens will fast likewise. And so will I go into the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. All right. So again, the relationship between the the king and the queen or the king and his wife was not the same traditional relationship that you would think because she was really terrified to go into her husband. And that is just critical to the type of relationship that they had. She was not, she had to receive permission to go into her husband, especially uh, to ask some type of a favor as she was going to ask. So according to the passage, um, Esther prayed, she fasted, she put her trust in God. God gave her the courage to plead with the king, basically to save her people. And because of her faithful sacrifice, it really paved the way for the Jews in their country, in her country, uh, to stand up against the attacks on them and then to fight back and protect one another. God brought a great victory about because of her courage. 
Again, had she not gone into the king to express to the king, this is what's happening. I am Jewish. I don't want you to destroy our people. I don't want this to happen. And so the king, of course, decreed that the same gallows that were built for her uncle Mordecai uh, were going to get rid of Haman. So basically, she had the courage to stop Haman's plan. Wow. So she risked her life in order to say, look, I'm going to, uh, God brought me here for this reason and this purpose. If I perish, let me perish. But looking at her people as a whole and knowing the fact that she couldn't just walk into the king because even though he was her husband, she just didn't have that authority. But she said, I'm going to risk it right. all because of my people. And she had faith in God to do that. What does that say to us um, today? How should we react when certain situations come up? How can what can we walk away with from this story to help us in challenging situations that may even be unto death, Bishop? Well, Mr. Speaker, I think this uh, on this day, I want to express really to the listeners that you need the courage to sometimes take a big risk. That was a risk for her to go into the king and to use whatever influence she might have had or, or what she thought she had in order to change his mind because you had to be presented to the king. Even the queen had to be presented to the king in a certain way. And if the king uh, was not in a good mood, if he uh, was not uh, going to do what the person requested, that person could have easily been killed, easily. But she said, I'm not going to perish. I'm going to go in. I'm going to see the king. And I am going to try to make a difference for my people. And again, we've got to take the courage and have the courage to take a big risk because not everything is going to be the way you think it's, it's going to be and happen. So therefore, you need the courage to sometimes take a risk. It, it puts your life at risk. It puts your, um, your, your whole situation at risk. But greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. With the, uh, her showing courage, you also mentioned faith. And that is a big, uh, big thing, Bishop. And when we look at her and her faith, her faith was in God. How do we as individuals increase our faith in God so that we know that we can do whatever needs to be done and have that courage? Because I'm reminded, I believe it's over in Hebrews 11 and 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. How do we increase our faith, Bishop, to be more courageous? Well, I think, yes, sir. I, I think that, well, faith without works is dead. Um, and then when you don't have faith, uh, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You must have faith to see it before you actually see it, or you will never, ever see what it is that you uh, have a vision for. You've got to be able to see it. And she uh, had that courage. So we have to have the same courage to take risk. If we don't have the courage to take risk, it's not going to work for us. So I, our faith needs to be built. And, and how my faith is built every day is the fact that I know if God did it for me 20 years ago, if he did it for me 10 years ago, if he did it for me five years ago, or even on yesterday, the same way he did it back then, he can do it one more time. He really can because he's the same God. He has the same power. 
He has the same authority. He has the same influence. And if he can do it then, I know he can do it now. And that's how my faith builds. I have always prayed this and and things have happened in my life accordingly. Now that I look back on it, I understand how very much so God has heard my prayer. I've always told God, I said, God, if I am not supposed to have something, I don't care what it is, no matter how hard I want it, no matter how bad I desire it, if I'm not supposed to have that thing, then Lord, close the door, shut the door, uh, weld it shut because I don't want my influence to do it. I don't want my uh, personality to do it. I don't want politics to open it up. I want it shut. But God, by the same token, if it is something that you want me to have, and if it's something that I'm supposed to have for the future, then Lord, I want you to open that door so wide that nobody, absolutely nobody can shut that door. And that's the faith that I have when I deal with things, when I have the courage to deal with things. I want to be in the will of God. So plainly, Esther was in the will of God. It just didn't so happen that she won this beauty contest uh, just because she was beautiful. But God had a purpose for her being there. He had a purpose for her being in the kingdom. He had a purpose. And so that's the type of faith that I have. Everything I go through and everything we go through, Mr. Speaker, there's a reason why we're going through it. And Lord, what am I to learn during this process? How does my faith or how can my faith be built based upon this process that I'm going through right now? So that's how my faith faith is built. And uh, I, I, I just thank God for it, because if I don't have the faith as a grain of mustard seed, um, I can't speak to the mountain and, and I, I tell it to get out of the way. I, I don't try to tear it down. I tell it to get out of the way. So I, I have faith to believe that God has answered my prayer. He is answering my prayer and I'm going to do what it is that he wants me to do. That's where my faith is built. And as a Christian, you need to have strong faith. You may not see it. You may not understand it, but have faith to believe that God is really listening to you. And Esther had that faith and the Lord blessed her to go forward. And she literally saved her people. That's powerful because sometimes if we're not obedient, our disobedience and our lack of faith and lack of courage can impact others if we don't move. It does not mean that God won't eventually do something and and do something else through someone else, but you can actually hinder not halt, but hinder the move of God by being disobedient and having a lack of faith. Is that correct? Absolutely. Bishop? Absolutely. You can. Uh, and so that's why I'm just so glad. I am just so glad that God has a way of doing uh, what it is that, that needs to be done. And he, he has a blessing in store. You just have to have the faith to believe it's going to happen. And sometimes, again, you can't see it. You really can't see what's coming coming down the road. But God has a way of making you a blessing and being a blessing to so many other people. So uh, there you have it. Uh, you just have to have the faith to believe it's going to happen. And once it does... You just thank him for it. Thank you so very much. You're listening to On Point with Bishop Robert G. Rudolph, and we're continuing the series Profiles in Courage. Today, we're dealing with Esther. At this time, I'd like to open up the floor. Does anyone have a question uh, today for Bishop relative to, to courage, faith, uh, Esther itself? 
The floor is open. Any questions for the bishop on today? All right. Well, Bishop, what are your final thoughts or what would, how would you like to close us out today by inspiring us to hold on uh, to what we would say God's unchanging hand and, and to continue that faith and stay focused? Well, brother, I want to thank you for the opportunity to be on with so many people and thank you for guiding the discussion on today as always. I just want to say to everyone, I know we're in the middle of a pandemic. I know that we have things on the right and the left and there are issues all around us, but God has blessed us for a reason. He has blessed us for a purpose. And no matter what you're going through, no matter how dark it gets and no matter how difficult it gets, no matter how long the road gets, keep the faith. Keep the faith. Again, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Keep the faith. The Just after midnight, the day star appears. It may still be dark outside, but I promise you it's morning. And when you think of it that way, it helps you to understand that God has something in store. So when the dawn actually comes, you already realize that it's morning time and he is working on your behalf. So keep the faith. Everyone who's listening, I just want you to keep the faith and do not, absolutely do not uh, turn away from the faith that you have in God. Keep the faith. All right. Well, thank you so very much, Bishop. We truly enjoyed today's session on Profiles and Courage, dealing with Esther. Uh, Everybody, we are here on Clubhouse. And if you're not following uh, any of the people on the platform, please do that. And we're here each Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to receive some knowledge, information, and insight from Bishop Robert G. Rudolph. With that being said, thank you so very much for joining us today for today's session On Point with Bishop Robert G. Rudolph. On Point, keeping you focused in the right direction.